alone, over two dozen people went missing without a trace. After the hunt had galloped by and the clouds had dispersed, people saw the moon on the wane, as was customary during the equinox. But that night, the moon was the colour of blood. Simple folk had many explanations for these equinoctial phenomena, which tended to differ considerably from each other according to the specifics of local demonology. Astrologers, druids and sorcerers also had their explanations, but they were in the main erroneous and cobbled together haphazardly. Few, very few people were able to connect the phenomena to real facts. On the Isles of Skellige, for example, a few very superstitious people saw in the curious events a harbinger of Teithdirea, the end of the world, preceded by Rachnaroch, the last battle between light and darkness. The violent storm which rocked the islands on the night of the autumn equinox was regarded by the superstitious as a wave pushed by the prow of the fearsome Nagelfar of Morhuch, a longship with sides built of dead men's fingernails and toenails, bearing an army of spectres and demons of chaos. More enlightened or better informed people, however, linked the turmoil of the heavens with the evil witch Yennefer and her dreadful death. Others yet, who were even better informed, saw in the churned-up sea a sign that someone was dying, someone in whose veins flowed the blood of the kings of Skellige and Sintra. The world over, the autumn equinox was a night of spectres, nightmares and apparitions, a night of sudden, suffocating awakenings, fraught with menace, among sweat-soaked and rumpled sheets. Neither did the most illustrious escape the apparitions and awakenings. Emperor Emrieva Emris awoke with a cry in the Golden Towers in Nilfgaard. In the north, in Lan Exeter, King Esterad Tyson leapt from his bed, waking his spouse, Queen Zuleika. In Tretogor, the arch-spy Dykstra leapt up and reached for his dagger, waking the wife of the state treasurer. In the huge castle of Monte Calvo, the sorceress Philippa Eilhart leapt from damask sheets without waking the Comte de Denoyle's wife. The dwarf Yarpen Zigrin and Mahakam the old witcher Vesemir in the mountain stronghold of Kier Moren, the bank clerk Fabio Sachs in the city of Gors Valen, and Jarl Krachan Krait on board the longboat Ringhorn, all awoke more or less abruptly. The sorceress Fringila Vigo came awake in Beauclair Castle, as did the priestess Siodrifer of the temple of the goddess Freya on the island of Hindersval. Daniel Echeverry, Count of Garamon, awoke in the besieged fortress of Maribor, as did Zyvik, Decurion of the Dunbana in Banjay and Fort, and the merchant Dominique Bombastus Uvenagel in the town of Clermont, and many, many others. Few, though, were capable of connecting all those occurrences and phenomena with an actual specific fact, or a specific person. A stroke of luck meant that three such people were spending the night of the autumn equinox under one roof. They were in the temple of the goddess Melitila in Elenda. Lichfell, groaned the scribe, Yara, staring into the darkness filling the temple grounds. There must be thousands of them, whole flocks. They're crying over someone's death. Over her death. She's dying. Don't talk nonsense. Triss Merigold spun around, raised a clenched fist, and for a moment looked as though she would shove the boy or strike him in the chest. Do you believe in foolish superstitions? September is coming to an end, and the night jars are gathering before taking flight. It's quite natural. She's dying. No one is dying, screamed the sorceress, paling in fury. No one. 
Do you understand? Stop talking nonsense. Several young female adepts appeared in the library corridor, aroused by the nocturnal alarm. Their countenances were grave and ashen. Yara! Triss had calmed down. She placed a hand on the boy's shoulder and squeezed hard. You're the only man in the temple. We're all watching you, looking for support and succor from you. You must not fear. You must not panic. Master yourself. Do not let us down. Yara took a deep breath, trying to calm the trembling of his hands and lips. It is not fear, he whispered, avoiding the sorceress's gaze. I'm not afraid. I'm troubled. About her. I saw her in a dream. I saw her too. Triss pursed her lips.